I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There is no better group of plants for flower power than forms of the shrubby potentilla producing single rose like flowers continually from June to the first frost. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to exchange some of the latest news, views uh, and a bit of timely advice on all matters gardening. Later on in the programme, I'll be uh, speaking to Anthony Darby, the large-scale container plant grower producing the Temptations range of trees, shrubs and herbaceous plants. My thanks to Sutton Seeds of Torquay, sponsors of this programme. Boy, we've had some really wonderful weather. Almost too dry now for us, and I've just been knocking a bit of soil about. Even though uh, it was winter dug, there were some really heavy clods, uh, and I needed to put the sprinkler on it just for... uh, half an hour or so and once the moisture had got into those clods just let it dry overnight and then when you hit them with a three-tonged cultivator they break down and there's so many things now I want to get sown. I've got a plot marked out that's uh, nine feet by twelve and I'm going to do that in checkerboard style with a square yard or a square metre or so of uh, at least nine different crops. Uh, The shallots have gone in and I've sown between them just a sprinkling of carrots. Nothing new in the sort of intercropping idea, but with luck the shallots will be harvested by uh, July, late July, and then the carrots can continue to grow and I'll lift those in the autumn. As I say, it's not new. I think the Native Americans used to grow climbing beans up their corn plants. And in the Canary Isles, they go one further and put some courgettes in amongst the sweet corn and the climbing beans. The courgettes taking quite a bit of shade, uh, and you get three crops in the one space. Well, now, if you'll just excuse me for a minute, I'll wander up and... Get myself comfortable in the polytunnel once again. Oh, but uh, before I do, I must just mention the tree peony is just coming out. What amazing plants they are. I've got just one. I've had it for years in a container. Chop it back quite hard after it's flowered and it grows again quite well. Last year it was getting a bit old and gnarled. I knocked it out of the pot and put a spade through the middle of it. Uh, and now I've got two and they're they're growing much better for a bit of that rather rough treatment. Goodness, it's lovely and warm here in the polytunnel. Actually gone up to uh, over 90 degrees Fahrenheit. 
on several days in these bright sunny days and then really drops like a stone at night has been down to freezing this week I'm watching the sweet peas because they're now about what two and a half three feet high the flower buds just developing and of course if we have too many cold nights there'll be bud drop which will be quite a problem now when it comes to uh, the news oh, it's a time of uh, rapid change I mean the bedding plant growers that uh, would have been producing millions of plants to send out to garden centres some of them really in dire straits and having to make all kinds of changes some of them have switched uh, to selling direct or finding people who are working mail order and online watching the shopping channels over the Easter weekend goodness <laughs> they were offering loads and loads of plants some of the garden centres that have farm shops or food and pet departments are opening those sections and I did hear of a garden centre east of uh, Reading the farm shop was open and if you bought some food you could also buy three bags of uh, potting compost seems to be potting compost that most of us are short of it is a job job to raise seeds and seedlings well, without a bit of something to grow them in a number of the growers are, are sort of readjusting their cropping potting stuff on so that they'll have bigger plants to sell when hopefully things ease in the summer John Adlam, the advisor to the trade, Dove Associates, he's produced a leaflet telling people how they can hold plants back. In the bedding plant world, it was quite a skill with watering. If you kept the plants on the dry side, it will certainly hold the growth back and produce a much shorter plant. But of course, you need some skill. Just let them get to too dry and you get root scorch and, and you've lost them before you know where you are. There's been talk too about uh, the lack of people coming in from Eastern Europe, especially the seasonal workers to harvest crops. And it's interesting to uh, read that the recruitment for uh, farm work has seen an 83% rise. And when it comes to fruit pickers, well, uh, their applications are up 338%. Good luck to those, especially young people who have a go at that fruit picking. I certainly spent a month picking apples when I was a much younger person. And really, I think it's a great job. But they should be ready for uh, a pretty tiring time for a day or two. You know, if you're not used to working a full day out in the open air lifting boxes of fruit or stretching uh, then it can be quite demanding for a day or two but if you grit your teeth and stick at it then uh, your body will soon get adapted and you'll feel much fitter and better as a result of it but what about our own gardens with so many people now having to spend all of the week at home I had a fair number of Hardy annuals, things like larkspur, cornflower, gadisha, sown in little cells, and they're up as little seedlings, and in the next week or two I'll be planting those out and sowing some more, because 
if you can sow in succession, then you get a succession of flowers to cut. I may plant some of those in uh, metre square patches on the veg plot, so it uh, has both cut flower checkerboard gardening and veg checkerboard gardening. I've done it before and, and it works quite well. There's one flower that I do recommend that you try, and that's the zinnia. They make really wonderful cut flowers. If you sow them in the soil, um, last week in April, first week in May, in most parts of the country, they'll germinate quite happily and then you can thin them out if you've sown the seed reasonably thickly in rows. But wait until the seedlings are two or three inches tall before you do that thinning because then the thinnings can be transplanted and that again will stagger arrival of the first blooms. Sitting here in the polytunnel right beside me I've got uh, several trays of chrysanthemum cuttings. They were rooted six or so weeks ago and they're about nine or ten inches tall now and ready for what we call stopping. You just break the tip out and it makes them branch. So instead of just having one tall straight stem you will have anything three, five or seven stems from each chrysanthemum plant. But if you time it right, grow them almost a little bit too tall at this stage, the piece you snap out can be rooted and then you'll have uh, another chrysanthemum cutting. In fact, you can probably do it twice, although the last batch of cuttings, which will be uh, taken in late May, early June, you would probably just run those up on a single stem. You wouldn't stop them and you'd just have one very big flower on the top of that single stem. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Good morning, Anthony. How are things up in uh, deepest Norfolk? It is Norfolk, isn't it? It is. Good morning, Peter. Yeah, the sun is shining and ordinarily we would be very busy and run up to Easter and uh, lots of customers would be phoning us in and placing orders. And here we are today. Sun is shining, but there's nothing happening on the nursery apart from routine watering and caring for plants. It's bizarre, isn't it? It certainly yeah. is. Can you see set for us a bit? I mean, Derby Nursery stock won't be known to the average gardener, but you're producing pretty big numbers 
of container-grown trees, shrubs, uh, that kind of thing. Can you sort of set the scene for us? Yes, certainly. We've been around for about 60 years. We have uh, 50 or thereabouts full-time employees and normally at this time of year, 70 seasonal staff, most of whom come back year after year. They leave their homes and families in Bulgaria and come and join us for six or seven months through the spring and the summer. Uh, we, we sell under the Temptations brand. We sell trees, shrubs and herbaceous perennials and deliver to garden centres throughout the UK, uh, as far north as Inverness and as far west as Penzance. Now, now the business started on an old World War Two airfield, didn't That's it? right, yes, and we're still on, on the old World War Two airfield. It's a windswept site and... That makes the plants hardy, we say. and uh, It certainly does that. I remember <laughs> taking somebody there in a February when the wind was in the east and we walked the length of that runway. Is it a mile? Uh, and, and goodness, we were cold by the time we got back to the office here. Yeah, you would have been. It is a mile and it is cold in February. <laughs> but, but you have another area in addition to the uh, airfield. Yeah, we have another site in Methbold Hythe, which is... Um, mainly where we do our young plants and our protected cropping. Uh, we have five or six acres of glass houses and a similar area of polytunnels. And, yeah, we grow um, most of the herbaceous plants and the lavenders down in the other site. Now, would most of the crop be a one-year turnaround? Um, yeah, we grow we grow some crops that are less than a year. We grow some fast-growing salvias and verbenas that at point of sale are probably four to six months old. Then crops like lavenders and veronicas would be around about one year old at time of sale. And then crops such as, for example, Ceanothus choisia vinca would be two years old or a little over at point of sale. And then the woodier shrubs... In the two and three litre pots, the Wygelas, the Philadelphus, etc., they tend to be more like three years old. And then the larger pots, the seven and a half litre shrubs, would be four or five years on a nursery. And and that's really quite a gamble, that crop, isn't it? You know, if, you, if you're starting out and going to grow something for five years, you have no idea what the market's going to be like in five years' time. You're absolutely right. We just have to grow on good faith if you like and and until this year every year there has been a market maybe some years are better than others but there's always been a market for most of what we've produced i don't think any of us have experienced anything quite like the current situation no nothing like it at all nothing like it at all I and mean, the beast from the east was unpleasant for a couple of weeks but it didn't cause an existential threat to nurseries, whereas this current crisis undoubtedly does. We did a bit of business early in March, but most of our garden centre customers became very cautious, knowing that lockdown was coming. And so we're now four weeks into a period of no sales. And in a sunny week like this week, we would expect to be selling around £300,000 worth of plants every week. So you can imagine that we very quickly end up with a, a fairly large hole in our cash flow somewhere. I mean, it's frightening, isn't it? Track. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I recall the winter of 62, 63, when we didn't see the soil from Christmas round till mid-March, 
But then, of course, we did have the main spring season uh, from sort of mothering Sunday through to mid-June is the nursery stock harvest time, isn't it? Yes, yeah, certainly the, from early March through to mid-June is our harvest, absolutely. That is the time when we convert our year or more than a year's hard work into cash to pay for the, the next year's crops and to pay all the staff to get through next year's winter and, and be here for our, our customers in 2021 and 2022, hopefully. But it's, it's looking very challenging at the moment. Well, you know, I'm pressing every button I can to get garden centres open again. I don't understand the logic or the reasoning that allows people to be quite close to one another in supermarkets, uh, while on retail nurseries and garden centres they could be distant to one another and in the open air. Yeah, I totally agree. I think I think the supermarkets have done an excellent job in learning how to retail safely. They've put up screens and they've um, handled distancing at the tills and reducing the number of people in their stores. And I think the general public have learned a great deal about how they need to behave in a retail environment. And I think you're absolutely right that the outdoor area of a garden centre would be considerably safer as a shopping environment than a supermarket. Garden centres could undoubtedly open very safely, a lot safer than they might have been three weeks ago. And we can only hope that that the government feel able to ease some of the lockdown as soon as they possibly can. I do understand the the absolute imperative to minimise the spread of the virus, but it, it would be very helpful if garden centres could reopen as soon as possible. I mean, we need to look very much to the future. And one of my concerns is that uh, prices of food are going to rise um, with the pressures on the whole industry, not just the ornamental one. Um, You do quite a range of fruit, don't you? Yeah, we do. And and certainly garden centres were finding stronger demand for Grow Your Own in the last few days they were open before they were forced to close. Uh, I think your uncle, in fact, um, had quite a big soft fruit business and if somebody plants a container blackcurrant, for example, uh, or even strawberries come to that, um, they can be cropping in weeks. Uh, yeah, they, they could be. I, I think you're supposed to cut down a blackcurrant bush, I believe, after you plant it and wait for two years, but... Uh... It is possible. Well, not with your container stock. Come on now. No, it's certainly possible to get a crop in year one, and uh, I wouldn't cut it down to the ground, but I believe that's what we always used to be told. (laughs) Now, what about the financial implications? Because um, the taxation situation doesn't look terribly fair to the nursery stock people. Well, we we all know, Peter, that it, it costs money to grow your stock and the way the the current agricultural valuation system that also applies to nursery stock works cost is deemed to equal value but those of us who have been around a long while know that um, nothing in the world of plants has really got a value until you sell it and you hear the till ringing 
And that's probably where we and the HMRC tend to disagree. They insist on us valuing our stock by uh, HS232, which is their current code of practice. And um, that means that on a nursery like ours, we've got a stock value at our year end of around and about a million and a half pounds. And in order to have that value of stock at some point over the previous years, we've had to pay a fair lot of corporation tax on the on the profit that that is created by generating a, a high stock value. If we had been able to accept the fact that the stock has a cost of production but doesn't have a value until it's sold, we would have paid an awful lot less corporation tax over the years. And of course now that you get a year when most of our stock looks like being a liability because we've got to keep it watered and may eventually have to pay someone to throw it out, um, it has no value. And, of course, all we can get back from the HMRC at the end of this tax year is the small amount of corporation tax that we might have paid in the immediate prior year. And that, of course, is only if we're still here at the end of the year to, to reclaim it. Yeah. And the government's going to need some taxes, isn't it? You know, it's a very good reason to get the garden centres open in some ways so that the money flows and they get their taxes back. I, I very well remember... Uh, one of my old bosses, uh, the late Jim Strike, in discussions with the local tax officer and his accountant, saying that uh, if you want me to value the poinsettia crop and put that into the accounts, as long as I can pay you in poinsettias, and if uh, the heating fails one night, you lose the tax, uh, and not me losing the value. It was a, you know, quite a heated discussion. Didn't get him anywhere, but he made the point, I think. The point was well made and, and so appropriate that we're talking about it today because Jim Strike was our company's very first customer in 1962. Invoice number 0001 went to Strike's. <laughs> There's another long story there, Anthony. <laughs> but but be before I get down that route... Um, for those gardeners that are listening, uh, some, sometimes uh, uh, when we buy a three-litre container, for example, it will have a surface scattering of chipped bark on it. Uh, I'm afraid I sort of very carefully take that off and use it in the compost for blueberries, which like quite an open compost. Why do you put that chippings on? We put the bark chippings on the, the top inch or so of the, the growing media, to suppress weeds because it, it drains very freely it, it's less likely to germinate weeds in the top surface and it also suppresses liverwort which can be a problem on nurseries for crop for crops that are on the ground for a, a long while and it's, it's so it's an organic weed control from your point of view yes and we sometimes also use these coir disc um pot toppers for the same purpose oh uh, well I haven't seen one of those, but if I do get one, I'll need to put it round my cabbage to stop cabbage root fly. Yes, it would do that very well, I'm sure. Anthony, it's very good to speak to you today. Uh, I'm very much with you in these difficult times, and let's just hope garden centres can be open again very soon, and all of us back in the open-air gardening. Yeah, we all we all hope that, Peter, and the sooner we're back delivering to garden centres as soon as we can get back paying some tax and help dig the country out of this big hole. Thanks, Anthony. 
Thank you. My thanks to Sutton Seeds of Torquay, sponsors of this programme. And of course to my producer, Rich Jarman. And you for listening. If uh, the podcast this week has sounded a bit disjointed, well then my apologies. It's been a, a really tough week with my wife, Margaret, passing from this world last Saturday. Long-suffering with uh, dementia, it's uh, interesting to see how dementia sufferers still respond well to music. You know, there was uh, lots of sort of karaoke-style singing on the Memories Corridor, where there were 10 or 12 dementia sufferers. And then last Saturday, sitting at home, I heard part of a BBC Two programme on country music. And uh, on that programme, suddenly up popped uh, Amy Lou Harris singing Mr Sandman. Mr Sandman. a very popular song when Margaret and I started at uh, Riddle College in 1954. Goodness, hearing, hearing that song brought back some amazing memories. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.